Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome. This is, of course, the Investor Coaching Show. And I, of course, am Paul Winkler. Well, I guess that's not a given if you never heard me before. You may not know that. It's okay. Hope you're having a great day. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Financial world-related stuff. And here with Mr. Ira Work. Hello. Welcome. Now, one of the things I, I'm just going to start probably the next few shows off just reminding you of this. There was this study that was done. It was in Market Watch, and it was saying your retirement lifestyle is largely determined by this surprising thing. And, you know, the, the purpose behind this show is we talk a lot about investing. We don't necessarily sit around and just talk about only Social Security, only should you do a Roth IRA versus, versus a traditional IRA. Yeah, that stuff's important. That depends. You know, you know, it really is important. We do talk about it sometimes, but we talk a lot about investing. Why? Because... Well, this study was a correlation study and looking at ha how well people do in retirement. And they basically said it's a big thing is the performance of stock and bond markets. That's the big deal. You know, the chart that they had in here shows the correlation between stock and bond market returns on the other hand and retirement portfolio returns on the other. And it says we tend to ignore the powerful role that they play. Because we're helpless, it says in the article, to alter the future course. Well, we may be helpless to alter the course of stock markets, but we're not helpless in making sure we're capturing market returns and the average investor is getting returns that are way, way lower than markets historically. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're chasing markets. So they're not getting the big upside. They're not holding on to their investments long enough. And they're not diversified. Why are they chasing markets? How are they chasing markets? Well, they're looking at funds, for example, or individual stocks that have done well. Uh, and then this thing, FOMO, fear of missing out, factors into the equation. They think, well, I better get into this. Uh, I actually have an interesting article about a fund that um, has lost a lot of money. Um, but investors got in at the peak. So, you know, you can't... Let me guess, Kathy Wood? Uh, yes, the <laughs> um, R fund. Um, you know, you can't time the market. It's what everybody wants to do. It's what people believe can be done. Unfortunately, in, many investors believe that there are professionals out there who are smart enough to do it, and they can't. But they make a lot of money with uh, investors' money. And, of course, you have the other issue, which is investment firms – not having necessarily the greatest discipline in the world when it comes down to it. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that because there's some interesting data on that. And, you know, some of the things that are coming to a, to your 401k, you need to know about this stuff because you'll be investing in this stuff and you won't even know you're investing. What are you, what are you waving in front of me there, Ira? Uh, it's an article on 401ks and we didn't even What's talk. What's it say? Uh, High-earning retirement savers are losing some of their 401k tax break. 
Okay, you know, that, that's the Roth feature that is actually being pushed on people. Yeah, I do have that as well. I have that as well in, in, in my stack of stuff. But here's what I'm talking about. There was this new study that is supporting private equities in, in 401ks. Okay, so your 401k, you walk in, you go put your money in it. You have really many times no idea what on earth they're investing in. So you're going and taking some of your paycheck. Maybe lots of you are putting much of your paycheck aside, 10, 20% in some cases, of your paycheck into a 401k. And yet quite often what happens is people have, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no, and then you say, well, you know, I'll hire a financial advisor. I'm telling you that financial advisors a lot of times don't know as well, because this article right here that I'm holding in my hand was written to none other than financial advisors who will probably read this article and not, this reminds me of a, of, of a friend of mine. And one of these days, I'm going to have him on here uh, real soon. But he happens to be in the psychology world. He has an accounting background. And one of the things that he talked to me, that he opened my eyes regarding when we were talking about research, is how often in the psychological world, something will pass as great methodology for handling whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever uh, what, whatever issue that you might might be talking about, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety or, or whatever. And quite often there are medications and modalities that are used that are supposed to be just wonderful for you for dealing with these issues. And his point is, if you look at the research and you study the research, the R squared, you know, that's that's one of the statistics that you look at to determine whether something's really impacting, whether a, a, a dependent variable is really being impacted by the independent variable. It gets really complicated. But just suffices to say that there are a lot of things that are being used that people think, oh, this is this is great stuff. And when you actually look at the research and you look at the statistics and the data behind it, you'd go, what on earth are we doing? Why do we even think this is a good idea? And that's in a different field. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about with this particular article right here. We're looking at something going, oh, new study supports private equity in 401ks. Now, number one, what's one of the things that I would say you really need to look at this when you're looking at research, which is how long is the data? How robust is the data? How far back does it go? Is the research good out of sample? And, you know, you, there are a lot of things. In other words, did it just happen in this country or did it happen independently in other countries and, and things like that? Well, you find if you look at the research, and probably nobody will get to like the fourth page of the article, but it says that it was like 10 years of data. Well, that's about all there is. 10 years of data. That's horrible. But, you know, I think another problem, though, is with the private equities, like, yes, we don't know what they're actually buying and selling. We don't know what the turnover is. Yeah. The, the, the data is not published for the investor, the participant in the 401k to actually look and say, what do I have? Yeah, don't even okay? know what I've got. But you know what? It doesn't even have to be private equity. I've seen 401k plans that have collective trusts, like kind mm -hmm. of like built like a mutual fund, mm -hmm. but they're sure. private. 
Yeah. There's, they're not like, you know, the funds that we can look up. That's a great and point, Ira. They're, they're not private equity, and yeah. they can show what the returns have been. It could be using regular, decent investments. But it's still very, very difficult to actually get the nuts and bolts information that we as professionals plug into our software programs to provide yes. investors yes, yes, yes. with risk and historical returns and so forth. And that's not even private equity, which is actually a lot more expensive than the fees on collective trusts. And why is that important? Well, one study shows that 91%, that's a fairly high number. 91%, that's pretty decent. I wish 94%. I had, well, I wish I got 91% all through college. That would have been great. <laughs> that's a fairly high percentage of your investment returns are driven by asset allocation. And if you don't even know what you've got... How on earth do you determine what the expected return is of a portfolio that you are putting your retirement money into? This is insane. So this is some this is a reason that, you know, really I you know, people are like oh, what do I do with this information? Make sure that I, I I you know, I guess it's you know, the education is so important. But you know, I look at as and this is this is why I think it's so important that the advisor not just be degreed as far as a financial planner, but they better have a really strong academic background. Because and this is and this is really just to help you get the idea that you cannot just blindly put money into something and think everything's gonna be okay. Now illiquid Illiquid asset classes such as private equity and real estate investments, they say in the article, represented a missed opportunity for retirement investors, is basically what they're saying in this article. And they're saying that what they're doing is they're looking at, hey, widespread utilization of target date funds and uh, private equity investments uh, could be offered to a mass market without requiring individuals to gain any specialized exp expertise. Hey, look, you don't need to know anything. Uh, before the rise of TDFs, tax, or these, uh, these target date funds, uh, the report recalls participants were largely left on their own to construct portfolios, and they often did a poor job, is what they said in the article. Well, I took the liberty of going back to look at the average... Uh, target date fund going back to the year 2000. Oh, problem. There aren't any funds that go back far that far. But there was one from a very, very big company who shall remain nameless, one of the biggest companies out there that invests. But the rate of return was about 4% in a fund that was designed to retire in 2040, which at that point in time would have been 40 years from that point. So you look at that and go, oh my goodness, that was the rate of return of the target date fund, I, yeah, that's pretty poor, but it's not much better than the average investor over that period of time. So, are you saying that the mutual fund companies looked at the performance of the fund of the participants doing a lousy job and said, "Trust us, we can do a lousy job for you." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> And, you know, this is this is something, you know, we talked a little bit about in uh, we were going back and forth with our staff over, during the course of the week. And what we were talking about has how these pension funds, you know, they have these pension funds and they were talking about that the pension funds are we better we ought to really be studying what's got, go, what's going on inside of your pension fund, you know, because you may have a pension and you may be very dependent upon what the pension does and how well it performs 
And one of the things they pointed out in the, in the article was that these pension funds, they were showing levels of risk that were way, way lower than what the actual risk was. Why? Because they don't have any data really on the underlying investments. We don't really know what the investments are worth because they're not marked to market. That's a fancy term for saying we do not get a valuation all the time on this. Now, this let me explain this to you in really simple terms. I often tell people that your real estate, your home that you live in, is probably very, very, very risky. We don't even think about it as being risky. Why don't we? Well, because we live in it. And what happens is it goes up and down in value, but I don't really see it going up and down in value because I don't get a measurement of its value on a daily basis like you do your stock portfolios. Now, I hear with the Dow goes up you know, 500 points. The Dow went down 2,000 points. The Dow went up 600 points. The Dow went up 3,000. The Dow went, you know, it did this. We tell people, hey, this is what the market did on any given day, which is unnerving because you see your investments going up and down in value because you get that valuation reported to you, well, you'd probably be off your rocker if you knew how much your house went up and down in value or your rental real estate if you happen to own rental real estate. But because we don't get those reports, we don't get as worked up over real estate as we do the stock market. Well, that's basically what was going on in this fund is they're owning private equity and they don't market to market. We don't really know what the stuff is worth. And because we don't really know what the stuff is worth, they just assign a value. And then they go, oh, look how risk-free this was. And you go, and what they did in the research in the article, and, and this is one of the things that they pointed out, was that we went and did the research and we found, oh, maybe this is a whole lot riskier than we were actually uh, than they were actually saying it was. And this is private equity. So, and, and that's what it was why I advise should pay closer attention to pensions. That was the article in think, Rethinking uh, 65. Well, you have two articles telling you the exact opposite right here. One is saying, we're going to throw 401k money into private equity. And the other one is saying, hey, they're the, what they're investing in these 401ks, not related. They were talking about pensions, but it's the same stuff private equity is really a lot riskier than people are saying it is. And you go, wait a minute, how on earth do I make a decision as an investor? And I would say, yeah, it's really overwhelming. And I think that is, you know, it's a, it's a shame that it's that way, but it is that way. And if you look at the target date funds that we're, we're talking about, the returns, like I said, if you look at the data, I mean, good grief, it wasn't so hot, not looking so good. And, you know, Evan was talking about this, one of the guys in the office, he was talking about the study on illiquid investments, right, Ira? Yep. He was, he was talking about, hey, you know, there, there's some data on this. And, and I said, yeah. I said, that was something that there was a big name in finance that talked about illiquid investments. You could get higher returns on this. This was data that came out 10 years ago. I'm thinking it was 10 years ago, I guess it was, that I saw this data, something like that. It was when I was going through the Wealth Management Certified Professional Designation Program. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. I didn't buy into it because the data wasn't long enough. It wasn't enough data for me. And the point I'm trying to make here, folks, is this. 
when you're looking at data on investing, somebody comes to you with a one, three, five-year, 10-year track record, that's not enough data. I want 70 years, 80 years, I want lots of data on something. Because it's interesting because this was written about, this strategy in low liquidity investments. It was actually written about in a planning course written for financial advisors to educate them on investing. And it says this huge name in finance, huge name. When you look back at stock market charts going all the way back, his name's tied to these charts, and Ira can guess his name right now as I speak. But guess what? Guess what? If you look at the last 10 years, if you took $10,000 and invested in his fund, this fund based on low liquidity, it would have grown to 23000 Go, oh, that's pretty good. The asset class grew to 27000 You lost $4,000 of growth on a $10,000 investment following this strategy that made, oh, this is great, illiquidity. It adds a layer of risk. And there was a story behind it that was absolutely compelling. I remember reading and going, wow, this is really compelling stuff. But I'm not going to buy it because there's not enough data. And hence, this is why you want lots and lots of information when it comes to investing, because it is easy to get sold. It's easy for financial advisors to get sold on this stuff, and they do get sold on this stuff. And we're here to go and, and, and watch this. Watch for private equity. Bottom line, look for lots of data. A, the takeaway from this segment, look for lots and lots of data and watch out when you see private equity in your portfolios, and I'm seeing people in, in their funds, in their retirement funds, that's what's in there. You can find this stuff in there if you look for it. Watch out, because it is the next thing being sold to a 401k coming to you. And I would watch out because you have all kinds of illiquidity issues. You have all kinds of reporting issues. You have all kinds of data missing issues because we don't re the reason these companies stay private is so that they don't have to report anything and nobody will scrutinize them as a result of it and when somebody's not scrutinized watch out we'll be back right after this hey guys if you want specific advice for your unique situation schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call we don't sell any products, and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. All right, we are back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, along with Ira Work. Now, of course, when it comes to saving for retirement, typically the 401k is my go-to first thing that I direct people to. You know, so, I, so when I talk about watching out for the investments in the 401k, I'm not saying don't invest in them, just be aware and be 
eyes wide open when it comes to that because the reality of it is there are some great tax advantages, you know, great creditor protection with 401ks. Uh, I might have a match in your 401k. It's just don't be the person that just says, oh, I put money in the 401k and have no clue what it's invested in. Yeah, I should have a lot. Yeah. More often than I would like. I'd like to actually not see that at all, where people say, well, this is what I have in my 401k. Uh, people take a lot of, what would I, how would I say this? Um, when I talk to people about being a disciplined investor, you know, I would say the majority of people, I think you probably have seen this as well, the majority of people, they come in and they say, no, well, I am a disciplined investor. I put my money in, it goes in every two weeks. I'm not trying to change the funds within the plan. I've had the same funds for the last eight years, you know, or more sometimes. Mm -hmm. But what they don't know is the managers of the funds that they're in are not disciplined. That there's a lot of and they may change even the even the managers may change right that's true too uh, but there's a lot of buying and selling going on inside the fund that are additional costs above the expense ratios that you see when you're looking at the fund information for those funds within the 401k plan so one of the things you can look at is look at turnover ratios inside of funds. Now, I haven't talked about this in a while, but I think it's important to talk about. You can actually find turnover ratios. You can look at the prospectus if you're so disciplined. Uh, you know, you can call us and just have us do it. But, uh, but the other thing is just look at that online. You can look at that information. Be very, very careful if it is a fund of funds. It's a mutual fund investing in other mutual funds. You may only see the turnover of the funds inside there. They have mutual fund A and mutual fund B. And they've changed them out for mutual fund D and C, and they might have 100% turnover. But, you know, if, they, if they've only changed, maybe, uh, maybe they haven't changed them at all. But you may have turnover going on inside the fund, inside that fund of funds. Well, I think that's one of the areas where a lot of these 401k provider companies, the mutual fund companies, have gotten really, really slick. Because they'll put together the fund of funds and they'll show the fund of funds expense ratio as zero. And then the participant that's putting their money in, they're falsely believing that, well, there are no expenses to this. I'm not paying for this because my, my company, they've done such a great job for us that they've got us funds. They're with working no, for free. <laughs> right. They got funds with no expenses. And not only that, sometimes the company that you work for can actually say that and actually lead you to believe that as well, because they may be paying the administration expenses. You have what's called third-party administration expenses in a 401k, and that's testing the plan to make sure that the upper income people at the company aren't overly benefiting from it so that all the money or all the profit sharing money isn't going to them or, or you know, something like that. It, you know, it's testing is what they do. So yeah, go ahead. So to simplify for the sim simple folks like me is you're just basically paying into that company. And paying into what company? Any... Now, now, now explain to me. I don't, I don't know what your question is. <clears throat> Meaning, so the, your money is not going anywhere? 
or is paying so, to the company. So, so you'll have expenses. Let me, let me try to make this as simple as I can. So what happens when you set up a 401k? You have to hire a company that will go in and do testing of the plan. Now, the company itself, you've got the ABC company and you happen to be an employee of the ABC or you're an employee of Cumulus, let's say. And uh-uh, Cumulus, do Cumulus, Cumulus, let's say, is that. And then what they do is they pay for administration. They have to pay that somebody does tracking of the investments, how much is in this person's account how much is in that person's account that's record keeping they may have testing determining whether the plan is abiding by rules they have to do plan documents and and do all of that that is a totally separate expense than the investment expenses now when you have investment expenses you'll have that will be a separate thing now the company that you work for may be paying for all of that third-party administration, but they can't pay for your investment expenses. And the reason is, is this, is let's say that you had a very, very high-income person and they had 10 times as much money as another person in the plan. If they were paying their investment expenses, they would be paying a cost that's 10 times as high for that high-income person, and that would be discriminatory. It would be favoring that person which would not be fair. So in essence, what happens is they don't do that. They would go and and just pay the authority, but they'll often market it to the employees saying, hey, there's no cost in this plan. You you don't have any expense in the plan. So that's basically what that is right there. Thank you. Yes, sir. With 401ks, and uh, in uh, in general, what's happening right now, and this is something that I've talked about many times on this show, but there is a recent study showing that there's been a seismic shift in retirement investing. And what they have found that is automatic enrollment in 401ks is working. When you're looking at setting up a 401k for your company, quite often now you will be asked, do you want to automatically enroll new employees in the 401k? And if you answer yes, then what will happen is they will automatically, and you have to opt out if you're a new employee. You have to go, no, 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 I don't want to put money away. Because people tend to be lazy, they tend to go and just let it rip, and they tend to go and and let them take the money out of their paycheck for the 401k. Well, it's actually working. What they found is that there are people investing significantly more in 401ks now than in generations past. Uh, the auto, use of automatic enrollment has tripled since 2007, and they found that uh, 70 that at the end of 2022, 58% of the plans had adopted automatic enrollment, including 78% of the plans with at least 1,000 participants. And people are putting more and more money away, which is a good thing. The only thing I would tell you, though, if you're a member of one of these plans, is they will automatically, typically automatically enroll you in a target date fund. And these are the types of funds that I tell people, watch out because the level of diversification is often abysmal. And I just gave a statistic going back to the year 2000. There was only one fund, according to Morningstar, that was open as long as that. Uh, But it was a huge mutual fund company, and the rate of return was abysmally bad, just about 4% over that period of time. So you may not necessarily be as diversified as you think when you're in those types of programs. So uh, automatic enrollment, great. 
What they do with it once you put you in there, maybe not so great, but you have control over that. They will give you other choices, and I would definitely take advantage of that and make sure that uh, they, you know what you're doing when you choose things. I mean, I wouldn't go and just you know throw money into it without knowing what you're doing, but uh, that is there, there are those opportunities for investors that are so inclined to get a little bit of education and actually go through the process of making sure that they're making better choices. Now, as a company, we do that for, for people as well. Mm-hmm. I should say that because yes, I, I don't tend to... Uh, <laughs> I tend to try to avoid making this show be a commercial, but I'd really, really like for you guys to understand that you do have choices when it comes to retirement investing, and it's a big, big deal making sure you make the right choices. It can be the big difference between you being really well off in retirement and struggling like crazy. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.